BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Doug Mellard, can you hear me? Is your power back on? Oh, it is, but it's cold. Oh, well, well, that's, I, you know, I, I have sympathy for you and your uh, cold situation because I, I would Thank hate you. it for, for sure. But, uh, you know, thank fucking goodness you have power. Yeah, no, we're lucky. Right? As of yeah. now. Yeah. You get, people to have the, you get to have the heat and you get to podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Those those are the things yeah. that keep a man alive. <laughs> yeah. I, I talked to a friend earlier that spent an hour and a half making oatmeal over a stove or over a fire. <laughs> and I'm podcasting. So I'm doing okay. <laughs> what well, the uh <laughs> it takes an hour and a half, like it's ex- it takes extra long time to cook it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It seems like it wouldn't take that long, but that was to be like a win though if he's standing over a hot, hot thing while it's cooking. Like that wouldn't you want to be fire. wouldn't you want to be near that fire anyway? Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. So you're warm and then ninety minutes later you eat. What's the complaint? <laughs> <laughs> Oatmeal. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was gonna. I said, thank goodness that your power's on because we've got a great guest today. He is the preeminent, or is it preeminent? I never. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is, he's the, he's like the top Trump impersonator, and you know if he brings it up, great. But I, I don't know about you, but I'd rather not even get go down the road of discussing. Yeah, I'm good. Not doing that. that. Well, exactly. His impression is so good. It may, you know, it makes me angry. I'm glad I'm doing this over Zoom. <laughs> I, might, I might punch me. <laughs> I had the chance one time to push uh, Donald Trump into a pool, and I really had. I thought hard long. Oh, oh that's awesome. Yeah, it was God. just back when he was just regular terrible. Like he was just like a rich guy that you know what was unlikable. Um, what if that set off a chain of events where he didn't become president? That's I, you know, I posited that very thing in track number seven on the album called uh, Gateway Doug. Um, he's a regular on what we do in the shadows. That's what I care about. Yeah. Do you watch that show? It's uh, Yes, I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Are you are you making oatmeal over a fire right now? I'm frozen. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I need your full. Focus, I'm in a constant Doug. state of panic. <laughs> I need you to pay attention. Is is Penny Got all it. right? Is the she's dog okay. okay. Okay, good. She's and the she's missus sick. is out of the house, right? No, she's here too. Oh, she has to hear this. Yeah. Well, no, she can't. she's not in earshot. She's good. All right. Sorry, Flynn. <laughs> Um, but here's the thing, dude. How do you think his last name is pronounced? Oh, dear God. I don't even want to take a stab at it. So what are we going to do? I watched a couple of YouTube clips where Seth Meyers would intro- uh, you know, say his name at the end of his segment. But Seth Meyers would, would just swallow the end of it. So I couldn't <laughs> tell what he was saying. <laughs> you know, because it's... I, I just think the, point, the way to do it is just, just fly through it, like Adamaniac. You know, and not... You know, like I'm thinking Animaniacs, but with a T. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an I U K, so the I U K could be like Yuk or Yuck. So it's yeah. uh, it's tricky, but or we're going to talk to him about it. It's, this is a perfect show for this to happen. Yeah, let's get to the bottom of it. 
You know what I mean? Because I every time, like, I know maybe like Dan Van Kirk says his name to me sometimes. Like anybody I know that knows him, when they say his name, I just never, I, I can never grasp what's happening. Um, <laughs> let's let's go to work. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Anthony. How are you? I'm good. Hello, Doug and Doug. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm good. I just uh, I actually uh, did all. I'm making tacos tonight. We do Taco Thursday, and I did all my prep before the pod, so I can go right into making tacos when I get off. Oh, that's Taco terrific. Thursday. That's yeah. a great system you got there yeah, yeah. Taco <laughs> system. i got well, to do more of a lazy approach and then probably don't even make tacos <laughs> <laughs> my uh i have a uh, you know at the end of a podcast it's so strange like the the less like actual physical work you have to do in your life i feel like the worse you get about feeling like the smallest thing is a massive accomplishment so like when i'm done with a podcast <laughs> i like clock out for the day and here california time is usually around three o'clock so yeah. <laughs> where are you are you somewhere warm no man i'm in new york uh no. i'm in new york city Ooh. in the cold snap i mean mind you it's been what 50 degrees since like september it was colder when i was in toronto filming than it has been in new york Wow. And uh, so I guess it's getting cold this weekend and all the news is like, it's going to get cold. It's going to go down to 20 degrees. I'm like, when did this become news that it's cold in the winter in the East Coast? But apparently it is. So, well, I think part of the thing that was weird about it is that they did have a few days lately that were crazy uh, comfortable, like extra, oh, yeah. like they were saying it was like Miami, which I do not believe that. But, you know, no. for, New, for New York in winter to even hit 70 is pretty much a miracle or, or 65. even. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could eat outdoors. I mean, it it's it's strange here because normally you get. I mean, not that I want to get on the weather, but like normally you get this sort of like, you know, this this rush of snow that happens now. I guess it's the longest time since 1927 that it hasn't snowed. So it sort of bums me out because I always like I like a good blizzard. You know, I think I was with with a Domian in, in uh, Vermont in 2020 before just before the pandemic touring. And we got like a huge blizzard that hit and uh, snowed in our show. Uh, and I like I like stuff like that. I'm I'm a New Englander, so I'm fine with all that weather. I don't I don't care. I lived in L.A. It was uh, it was for three years. It was too much. It was too mild for me. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty mild right now. I mean, we're having our our winter, which is like you know uh, a high of seventy. You know, in the <laughs> afternoon, and we, you know, oh then we then we panic and throw our parkers back on, but. Uh, Doug is in Austin, Texas, where, uh, oh. you know, governmental policies make uh, each and every person uh, have to really uh, panic, put their best effort <laughs> into figuring out how to stay warm and keep the lights on this when these storms hit. Yeah. And the ice. See, that's the thing. Also, like what you were saying, Anthony, is the snow. Snow is great. Like there's something about snow, like most of it, you know, unless it's like sleet or something is uh you know, it's gentle and uh, easy to deal with. But yes. when these places get so cold and wet and it's just ice everywhere, they just keep showing these, you know, wacky videos of cars just sliding down streets. And uh, yeah, that and the ice gets on the trees and the branches are causing all the outages like trees are falling over and yeah, uh, knocking everybody's electricity. We got out. That's the ice real problem. You got that ice weight and you got that sort of a uh, bond villain of a governor. You know, yeah, wheeling around, <laughs> acting like an asshole. <laughs> I really was, with being... you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. James Bond and Ian Fleming, they were ahead of their time to make the uh, asshole villain disabled. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, they really were. They, they really, were really giving it. opportunities where normally the disabled would not get them. Yeah, no one ever <laughs> thinks about that, about the inclusiveness of the old Bond films. 
they really were they were quite inclusive to a you know very racist degree a lot of the time <laughs> they were, people were brought in for the wrong reasons but uh there were people from all over the place um yeah but, i'm going to austin in a month to for south oh, by oh and, you yeah. tell us what is the uh what are you promoting there or, or well, you know, what's I'm the deal? Doing the normal, you know, last year I was promoting the Phony and Collie show, which was a podcast I did with my friend John Gemberling, but that has now expired. Um, we went out on top, so I guess I'll plug my live stream, Coffee with Tony, and I'm doing, uh, you know, Domian's doing some stuff there, so I'm going to do his variety oh, show, and I think I'm going to be digging out. I have a new character I'm working on, which is. Uh, Jonathan Reese Myers version of Henry the eighth from the Tudors. That's what I've been. <laughs> that's what I've been bringing <laughs> to the shows lately. And it's a, it's a real mess. So I'm going to, I'm going to be, doing, I'm going to be really, I'm going to be doubling down uh, on, on Jonathan Reese Myers phoned in Henry the eighth from a show. Oh that God. Most I of the, already. I'm most so of the doesn't even know. Yeah, when you when you make your hay doing a Trump impression, you pretty much after that do anything to not ever do that again. So that's, <laughs> sure, sure. That's Everybody sort of... has that uh, thing that they gotta, you know, kind of. When you do characters and stuff, there's there's always one that like looms over everything, and so you gotta just do whatever. Uh, but yeah, that do sounds so funny. It reminded me of like how Chris Elliott we used to always come out and. Half the world, or you know, half the viewers would have no idea who he's even sp supposed to be. Like one time, he did, we did like a local annoying TV host, yeah, uh, a, a guy that was pretty much just an East Coast character, and the rest of the country is just like, we don't know what this is, but <laughs> he has a bunch of warts on his face and he seems angry. <laughs> yeah, Austin's an interesting. It's an interesting audience to do at South by. Last year, I did um, uh, Leatherface, but he had gone through like years of treatment like decades of like emotional <laughs> treatment to realize that he was he came out of an abusive household and now he did pleasure face by Leatherface, where he did facial uh consultant because he was like he knew skin better than anybody and uh, uh so that really he so really the, likes taking off the dead layer of skin for, yeah, you know, well, for people. yeah when i took a moment to read the names of those i had killed and i i had to do a lot of deep dive to figure out all the names from all of the different uh, chainsaw because like, some of them change like the even the names change on the original movie's credits uh, depending on which oh you look at so yeah I mean you know that's that's uh, that's what I'll do and if there's no casinos in Austin so I can't play cards normally when I tour I try to play cards wherever I go so uh, what do you play I play Hold'em or I'll play uh, Omaha. I mean, I like Omaha high-low, but that's very, um, you know, that can get really intense and really expensive really quickly. But uh, yeah. primarily, primarily I play that and then I'll play, you know, I'll play dice if there's a, a craps table near me, but usually. Yeah. And you don't, you, you, you know how to play the long game so that you're at least not losing money, but you know, maybe not winning, but just sort of. Yeah, uh, well, you you play card. I mean, you used to play cards because I think I played with you a couple of times. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, <laughs> a long, long time ago in Austin. I played not in Austin, uh, in Aspen. In Aspen, I played cards with you. Oh, that's crazy! Like fifty? What? No, twenty years ago. It would be Maybe. twenty yeah. years ago. I played cards with you. Forever ago, whenever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it, I did like it. I did like it a lot for a long time, but I, I found my appetite for it uh, went away when I could afford to gamble. <laughs> See, it's the it's the opposite. I, I go I go with the same the same mentality, which is whatever my buy in is. Once I lose it, I go. So yeah, that's, that's great. That's I love the that. rule. Yeah. The trouble with that, though, for me, though, is I don't I just don't have the life anymore where I can where I can go, well, I'm going to play this and then leave when I lose that. And then eight hours later, I'm still, you know, still an even, you know, uh, yes. I don't have time for that nonsense anymore. No, I, want no. either make, I don't want to make money or lose money and then get out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, I don't I don't want to hang around. I will find I that's why on tours primarily or like filming like up in Toronto, because you know, you have this, especially uh, in the show, the in shadows where you shoot nights, 
So your schedule's all fucked. Like, you know, you're sleeping till three or four in the afternoon and then shooting until seven in the morning. So oh my God. uh generally I will <laughs> you just I'm really fine. that's <laughs> did that fuck you up? You <laughs> <laughs> Are you a big sleep person? No, I just uh that would definitely throw me off for a little bit, you know, like I feel like nights <laughs> nights where I stay up till like four or five now, I'm just mentally screwed for like four days in a row afterwards. It's so oh that, yeah. That screws you up big time. Oh, but. it's my nightmare too. I'm like a huge sleeper and I normally the rest of the year I'm in bed at like eleven midnight. You know, like yeah. I <laughs> I am and I have like massive sleep problems. I've always had them, like insomnia yeah. bouts and shit. This job every year I dread, like I dread getting into this September and being like, oh, my God, for the next like three months, not only am I going to lose my mind, but also I have like seasonal effective. So it's just going to be a oh, triple God. down of like deep, like gut bellowing depression that I'm going to have to just steer through <laughs> and just pretend isn't happening while I work. But like, it's awful. It's awful. But microdosing shrooms did help this year. I hey! Shout out to the shrooms. <laughs> oh, that's uh, nice. It really I'm a big advocate. Helped. Yeah, I love it, man. It's like, yeah. uh, I've never taken an antidepressant, but I'm like, oh, this must be what it's like. <laughs> oh, it's great. There, there have been a couple of times where, you know, I don't have like the crushed up pills or whatever. And there have been a couple of times where I eyed it wrong or just got a stronger stem or something. And then uh, like an hour later, I'm like, whoa, that's a little bit more than micro. I shouldn't be driving right now. You know, that kind of thing. But <laughs> yeah, overall, shopping. it's great. I went yeah, shopping dog. one time and took too many. And I went <laughs> to the grocery store and had like a little freak out and was like, why am I freaking out? And I was like, oh, that's right. I took shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> like I forgot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything yeah. that's like got a timing element, I uh, I mostly just do right before a movie, because even if it hits me in the middle of a movie, if, if it's the right, you know, movie in the right scene, uh, you know, it could be you know, really fantastic. Yes. Or or it could really suck. But, you know, usually <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't really have a bad high that often. Um, uh, with, you know, with just the weed, I don't I, I don't really mess around with the shrooms. The question I that came to my mind is. How about memory stuff? Like, do you uh, does do shrooms affect your memory? Like, when you're high on shrooms, do you forget stuff? No, I mean, I I mean, with the microdose, it's really doesn't do it. But even if I've taken more, no, I mean, even like weed, like I've smoked weed for I don't know, forty years now, or I guess thirty-two <laughs> years. Like I've you know smoked pot most of my life. I have like great photographic recall i can re I, that whole thing to me is like i don't i mean sometimes i'll like misplace i lose my glass i lose my reading glasses but you know i just buy like <laughs> yeah. 10 pairs and then just lose them but like no <laughs> i i have the I, I don't understand that trope about memory and pot in particular like it for me it's never been a problem i on the other hand though do go through cycles where i have to stop smoking for like a few months to reset because I'll tolerance get into, break. Yeah, I have to do a tolerance break or else I start to get that sort of malaise where like I get high and then I go, why did I do this? Like, I, you know, that sort of like <laughs> moment where you go, why the <laughs> fuck did I do this? Like, I don't even want this right now. And it's like, too <laughs> <Yeah. for you. laughs> and it creeps back. Like I set the goal at like, Okay, well, everything's done. like you because I finished my live stream at two. My wife's like, wow, because she works from home and she's like, well, pretty cool. She's like, so you're in the living room uh, playing Daisy? I'm like, yep. <laughs> it's like 2.30 in the afternoon. I'm done. And to me, I'm done for the day. Yeah. Uh, and done for the week. And sometimes I'm like, is this it? Did I do it? Have I done enough? Maybe I can just it slowly expire. Do I have to really do any more <laughs> comedy and shit? <laughs> Who fucking cares? <laughs> I, I I'm thinking of a million questions. I mean, that's another thing about being yeah. high, though, is it does kind of uh, make it hard to stay on track because of the sort of extra ideas and thoughts coming in, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes, yes. So it's fun to, you know, it's fun to improvise and do stand up and stuff. But like, 
you can only be so high when you're when you're in something where you have to say lines because even though you can remember them oh, you still yeah. wouldn't want to be having any kind of paranoia or any of that other stuff oh no i got strict rules about like there can be no i can't deliver lines and be high. i just can't i can improvise because yeah. ucb so kind of like i don't know i feel like improv at a certain point i, I did it so much for so many, you know, at UCB in New York, I mean, I was doing it three or four times a week. It became so secondhand that, you know, you could either do a high show, which is sort of throwaway, or you could do like a real show and, and be smart. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, I remember one time James and I did, we were in San Francisco and we did a Trump Bernie and that was sort of improvised, you know, like we basically, that was an interesting experience because James is so dedicatedly a stand up. And I was a pure improviser who like when I did solo shows, I would like sketch them out before, you know, like five minutes before that was it. And so like doing a dual show, having to learn like, oh, like I have to have like setups and punches and they have to kind of be the same for him to work off of. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so like I had to do a crash course and how to like do that. And then I would go off on tangents and James who's improvises. So he would have to adjust to me throwing everything to the wind. But anyway, we finished the San Fran show and I go into the dressing room and I had a joint and I think I like had like Keith and all this shit. It was like, you know, like a master joint. And I like sucked it down, drank like two shots of bourbon and was like, all right, I'm done. And then the manager, tour manager comes in and goes, are you ready for the next show? And I was like, what? And they're like, this is a double bill. And oh my God. I was the highest I've ever been. And I had to get up and do Trump <laughs> and the audience was like rabid and it was hot in there. And all I remember is at some point I had that, like, you know, that video of the newscaster, the woman who's like talking. And then suddenly she's just like, sable, blabble, doobble, blabble, blabble. You're like, Whoa, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. fucking straight up started talking gibberish. And James, the only time I've ever seen it, he broke character and went, are you okay? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> oh my god like i was that concerning and i was like i'm fine i was like trying i'm like i'm fine let me get a stool and like i sat on a stool and just like did the show just fucked up it was like crazy but i love uh, that he there... recognized that it was you actually you, you know, because because he could have just been thinking, well, he's really going somewhere with Trump, not making any sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the yeah. silliest Trump's been, but, you know, we'll see where this is headed. <laughs> yeah, I know. He had enough of an eye to know. But, yeah, that's like, oh, God, that was pure panic, man. Were there any other mishaps throughout the show or, or did that ra rail you in and out? No, I'm such a consummate professional that uh <laughs> yeah uh no i mean i was able to sort of coast on you know i think that was probably the 50th show we had done so yeah. once i got back on you know you kind of know the the things you have to play i probably you know the moralizing quality of it probably really dipped like i'm sure my incoherent you know the parts i leave open or would leave open to sort of chastise the audience a bit for being like so so left that they did they weren't aware that like the world was didn't revolve the way they thought it did even though i'm a big lefty but like i sort of hate my own people because they're so annoying and uh you know i found the need to like tell them like guys like you realize like this little show isn't gonna like change anything trump's still gonna win <laughs> and uh so I, i'm sure that was that was a uh, haphazard, but yeah, no, no, not when it comes to lines and stuff. I can't do that. I work with a Doug, by the way, on uh, the show. I work with Doug Jones. Well, you know, he was one of our first guests when we, you know, initially with this podcast, we really thought that our guests, we just have people named Doug on and talk to them about how interesting they are. It turns out, you know, Doug Jones is a phenomenal Doug. Yes. And then the rest of them, are either uh, not interesting people or unavailable. He set a very high. <laughs> yeah, he sets a very high Doug bar, I have to say. Yeah, he does. Like, yeah, because he's the sweetest to, human being on the planet. Yeah. And he's also like, <laughs> I told him because I hadn't watched Discovery because I didn't have Paramount Plus, but I'm a big trekker. Like, I'm, you know, very big into Trek. Okay. And 
So I finally watched Discovery over this last year. And then I wrote him and I said, be so glad that I didn't watch it when we first met. And he was like, why? I was like, because I would have just I would not have been able to maintain professionalism. <laughs> right? Like I would have just been like, what do you think about this? Do you think they're going to go back in time? Like, what about the pair? Like, you know, I it's the one place I can't like if I meet a person in track, it's hard to keep it together for me um, as much as I want to be cool. Like I met Shatner a <laughs> I met Shatner one time at the Paramount. Remember the Paramount dining, you know, the Paramount dining hall on the lot. Mm -hmm. I, used to, I used to work at Henson, uh, uh, which not was used to not be on La Brea. It used to be on um, Melrose at that uh, Raleigh Studios. And this is in the late. Right, 90s. right. So I used to walk over to the Paramount dining room to try to see if I could see Trek people. And one time there was Shatner dining outside. And I walked over to Shatner. He's like reading a paper. I, I, this is an embarrassing story. And I said to him, Mr. Shatner, I don't want to be the you know type of person who bothers you during your lunch. And he just puts the paper down and looks at me and goes, well, then don't be. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like crept backwards and uh, sat back down. And then years later, he was on the Tony Danza show. And a friend of mine was a producer on the show. And he said, Shatner's here, so come by. So I came by. <laughs> he looked at me with those like bloodshot, you know, watery, almost pearl, like someone punched him in the face, <laughs> bruised eyes. And he went, oh, I've met you before. <laughs> oh, no. What? He said, he goes, you're a stalker. <laughs> oh, what? My oh, my God. And I and like the blood drained out of my body. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then I shook. Then he shook my hand and shaking his hand is like squeezing a stress ball like one of those like <laughs> puff balls uh <laughs> i was like oh, it was horrifying was, oh my god <laughs> i don't know that's amazing that's so good <laughs> yeah i didn't hate to have a memory that good <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. uh you remember those things if they if william shatner did them to you like i all of my like art most of my awkward uh, in first encounters with people, I remember, like, Jerry Seinfeld would not stop talking about how my handshake wasn't firm enough when I was just, like, this opening act that was so excited to meet him. And the Seinfeld hadn't even happened yet. I was just a comedy nerd, and I was so excited to meet him. And I shake, you know, we shake hands, and he just won't shut up about how my handshake wasn't firm enough. It was just like, what is this a bit or what? What's going on? <laughs> I waited the on next him. Time, yeah, oh, oh, no, go on. I just I waited on him one time, and uh, he made fun of me for uh, he made fun of me for the way that I asked him about uh, his soda order, and I don't oh, even recall God. it, but I just remember him being like, "Who who asked that that way?" And I was like, "I don't know, man." I think it, it, George Wallace was there too. And I and I remember I said I went I don't know man I don't want to be a part of a bit and George Wallace started laughing and I was just a waiter I just was like I can't I don't want to do this I walked away That's amazing I love that <laughs> George Wallace is one of the funniest people Yeah uh, his tweets just destroy me Yeah he's the it, best yeah, and then you compliment one. Of, you know, I compliment one of his tweets, and he comes right back with an insult. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, I'm supposed to be excited. I got you retweeted my tweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, holy crap, we've got so much to talk about with your uh, name that okay. you have there. Yeah, because I've been calling you Anthony, but uh, where do you where do you draw the line on the uh, the whole Anthony Tony thing? It's interesting. Anthony is for people who I've known for like I've I known I actually qualify you because we played cards 20 years ago. Like people <laughs> yeah. I've known for a while or or just knew earlier. They call me Anthony. And at a certain point, I think when John Gamberling and I did a variety show called the Tony and Johnny show, I sort of started going by Tony and my students or people that I didn't know well would call me Tony. And that sort of stuck. So then I just left it there and went, oh, I guess I'll just sort of dole it out. But anyone close to me calls me Anthony. Like nobody calls me. T 
Tony in my family. That's my grandfather's name. And the idea that I would ever be called Tony in my family is like an insult to my, the patriarch of our family. <laughs> like, you know, cause he was Papa Tony and that was like, he was the big presence, uh, in, in our family. Um, but and yeah, you're little, you're little Anthony. I'm little Anthony. I got a lot of like, I'm sure you remember like it's Wednesday, like in, especially in Boston, you know, if you name was Anthony, they go, it's Anthony, it's Wednesday. It's Prince spaghetti day. That was like the big, fucking thing oh that gosh. i heard all the time oh no all the time no and i'm not kidding you like all every person would do that to me i guess oh. there was a big ad back then um and people called me Antony, <laughs> ant man right uh, you know but uh yeah. anthony it's, i go by there's anthony. so much to work with there well there's mark anthony you know, right. Yeah. It's... And, you know, the Antoni. apparently I'm just looking here that the Antoni was a Roman family name. So oh. it is a very or it, it descendants of Anton, sons of Hercules. Yeah. So... Does anybody ever try to go that route with you? Anybody throwing an Anton or Ant Antoine or Antone or any of that kind of stuff at you? I will get Antoine once in a while. From a guy that would also say Brohim. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Someone who calls me Antoine. I'm like, you not only don't know me, I know we're not going to get along and you pay to get into a club. Yeah. <laughs> so I know those three things about you immediately. Yeah. He's got the members only jacket, but he still had to pay to get in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my grandfather had a members only jacket. We had matching jackets, matching members only jackets. I there they weren't just, a bad jacket really. It just is one of those things that just uh, uh, too many dudes I think uh, picked up on it because you know dudes have no fashion sense. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, it just yeah. became too. It was too much of a sameness to it. But I, I think an epaulette still works. I'll, I'll still have a, <laughs> a coat with epaulets on it, and nobody goes, "Hey, what's up, members only?" Which is what they should be saying. It is um, what they should be saying. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take a commercial break, but when we come back, uh, we got so much more to uh, unpack with you. Starting with, I haven't said your last name because oh, I ha God. do not have confidence in my pronunciation of it, and so I will attempt it to see if I can do it. Maybe we'll both attempt it, and then you can tell us who's right. Probably neither okay. of us. Right after this, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We are back with Anthony. Wow. That was fast. The fastest ad must be for an ice bong or something. <laughs> Does it rhyme with maniac? Uh, kind of, kind of. You don't, because I've never, I can't find anybody, and I just did hand gestures like Trump while I was saying that. I can't find anybody who does, uh, who tries to make a U sound at the end. No, well, they either give up entirely and just mumble it, or they. Yes. <laughs> people are terrible. Right? I mean, people, well, here's the thing: people are terrible about it, and the only uh, person who gets it right, strangely, is uh, the few times I've been on Stern. He calls me Anthony Adirondack, but then when we get <laughs> off, he perfectly says my name to me, and I'm always like, "Why don't you say it right on the show?" And he's like, because it's more fun to make fun of you 
for your terrible name that will prevent you from becoming successful in this business. <laughs> yeah, he has strong opinions about stuff like that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I've, I've I, you know, I've, I've, met, I've met a few of those over the years. It's really interesting with like some of the personalities in show business where they just straight up tell you exactly what it is you think you need to do. And, yeah. you know, of course, you never, you're rarely going to apply it. But sometimes it's like, like I heard Mitzi Shore say to a guy once, you need a puppet. And it's just like, <laughs> what if that guy, that set a fork in the road that that guy's either going to get a puppet or not get a puppet. And what if the opposite thing would have led to be more likely to lead to his success? Oh, I mean, you know, I don't know. Listen, my last name is, is I think about it and go, I should like, I should change it. But now aren't I over the, like I'm 48. What would be the fucking point at this point? <laughs> what would be the fucking point of changing my name? And wouldn't everyone go, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? I thought about sharing it and just being Tony <laughs> and really being like, just call me Tony, yeah. which I really do with most people. Cause if you have a name, like I have, People really enjoy, especially in public settings, whether it's a hotel check in or a airline thing. Everyone wants to take a shot at your name. Right. And then uh, you have to correct it. And then it's a bounce back and forth. And then I think about the 10 to 15 seconds every time of my life that's been wasted <laughs> doing this. And when you hear the backstory of my last name, you're going to be like, wow, what a unnecessary burden. That name is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah, which is? Are you ready? You want to pronounce? Yeah. Okay, my Should last name down? is Atamanic. Okay, sorry, I keep thinking we're not on video. Um, so Atamanic is how you say it. Atamanic. Okay. Now that's Canadianized, so it's Ukrainian, so it should be Atamanuk. That's the way it should be pronounced. Right. Okay. Almost like sounds like a. Alaskan kind of like a yes, an Inuit tundra name. or something near the Yukon. Yes, or yeah, so, Indian, Indian as well. Yeah, and so the a lot of people. My favorite is when someone says, "Is that Inuit?" and I go, "Look at me, <laughs> like look at me. I'm not Inuit. I'm not indigenous by any stretch." Um, I'm so, not Inuit. I'm not into it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Inuit. I'm not into it. So anyway, so my grandmother. Uh, and my and her sister, uh, they uh, they were born in Saskatchewan to my great great grandparents who came over from uh, Ukraine in the turn of the century. The last one, not this most recent one. And my grandmother. Yeah, that, that'd be weird if it was this century. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> my grandmother's a time traveler. And uh, so she uh, I guess, you know, ladies, bet they were very independent. Like when you look at their lives now, like in this lens now you're like wow they like went from farm country to toronto they lived on their own after a couple of bad relationships they never even remarried they just they opened their own business so like in that way they were really forward now at the time they were considered hussies basically and my grandmother got with a guy named atamanic but that guy was abusive and uh so she escaped that marriage but kept the name right Right. Then she got with a guy whose last name we think was Perry, Alex Perry, but we don't know because the name was probably changed because he was also Ukrainian and Polish. He owned a pool hall and was known as a sort of gambler, you know, pool hall kind of guy about downtown Bloor and young Toronto, which is sort of like the or young, which is like the scummy area kind of not Bloor. And um so he was the father to my dad and to my aunt Mary, who was then given up for adoption immediately because they didn't keep the girl. And then she was then she was then sent away to a halfway, you know, a, a foster care until my great aunt adopted her. And then my father and my aunt were raised as cousins and not told that they were brother and sister until like 17 or 18. What? Yes. Now there's a third oh sister from another guy who we just they had written it off. They were like, we're never going to find the third sister, you know. And so about 10 years ago, 
I get an email or Facebook. This when I had Facebook, I had a message from this woman who looked like my grandmother, Pauline. And she goes, this is a picture of my mother. I think she might be your aunt. And, and, you know, I look at the picture of that woman who is the spitting image of my grandmother. So then I wrote my dad and my aunt. And I said, well, your third sister, your, you know, third sibling, we found her. And so then we, re we reunited with them. And now we have this whole part of our family now that we spend every year with, you know, for a couple of days hanging out and they're like hgtv like home redesigners they're like a family that like do all the hgtv like building and stuff and she's like was a host of a show it's like a very bizarre world that we opened up which was like a design family so a tamanic <laughs> the point is that a tamanic has literally no meaning to me beyond a last name it has no genetic meaning oh all right and uh, so, yeah, so you had plenty of opportunities to change it without, uh, you know, any kind of attachment. And uh, you still ran with it. Well, because my dad didn't and my dad didn't. And then I felt like, uh, you know, my father is a musician who's like a drummer. So he like played with, you know, he played with Emmylou Harris and Alison Krauss a bunch. Wow. Of and still, I mean, still does. And in fact, they just released some lost album from the Ryman that that he, he did with the Nash Ramblers. So they just released that. So my dad, he sort of never changed his name, you know, because I think I felt like I was going to betray my dad if I if I changed the name. So mm -hmm. I didn't. And then way later, my dad's like, I don't give a shit. I hate it. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> oh, God. It's wild the, the things that, like, between parents and kids, like, that, that you just don't, you just don't ask. And if you had, it would have solved you a lot of, you know, grief. It, it saved you a lot of grief. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that you should, uh, you know, maybe look into uh, getting a, a game show off the ground that you host. And it's called <laughs> Tamanic to Win It. <laughs> Tamanic to win it. To win it, yeah. yeah. I like the yeah. sound of that. To, um, a Tamanic to win you it, and we should only have indigenous contestants. Okay, <laughs> even better, even better. Really? Why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, are you a fan of the? Do you like the music of Tony? 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 <laughs> uh, I I I don't uh, know. Uh, I have, I'm trying to think of what's the big Tony, Tony, Tony song. I've been trying to think of it all day and I, you know, could have just looked it up. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't get it mixed up with new edition. Yeah. I know, don't, I don't know. Bobby I don't Brown. I have to check them out though, because they did house. They did a lot of soul music. So I bet I'd like yeah. them because I love R and B and soul. Yeah, oh, they're, and they're, they're out of Oakland. Their okay. hit tune was fun. I, I always liked their hit tune. I could picture their video because, you know, they they uh, explain that they're each named Tony, but different spelling on each one. You know, no homo. <laughs> 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 My friend uh, Taylor Rizzo was saying that he just says no homo in places where it's absolutely doesn't make any sense to say it. <laughs> and then I, and I just saw that saw that as an opportunity to do the same thing. It's um, brilliant. So, so goofy. <laughs> well, it is. It also robs it of it's it's always good to take those things and rob them of any of their actual uh, colloquial uh, position. Absolutely. Well, you know, I thought of this also while you were talking yeah. earlier about the, the uh, you know, the, the getting to 17, 18 years old before finding out the actual status of a, of a relative that you always thought was something else. Is I was thinking the way to break that news is first show them Empire Strikes Back <laughs> and then go, hey, wasn't that interesting, that part? Where wouldn't that be fun to learn that kind of it'd be kind of exciting to learn something like that. And then boom, yeah. then you hit him with it. Well, I think when my dad told me that story was probably when I was around Star Wars age. And I do think I really did map this idea of like there being something more epic about my life because of that. That like somehow <laughs> because of this story that mattered. And one time I talked to Mark. Uh, Hamill about this about that brother sister thing that they didn't they he was like they didn't know I think in Star Wars 
or maybe they were told near the end. But he was maybe. really he was not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. I think he was like, why does Harrison get like, I think he was really like ticked off. <laughs> that thing were... I, I I think I read that uh, Harrison Ford saw it in the theater. Like the reveal was while he was watching it at the premiere. And he was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> but I don't know if that, that seems unlikely, but God, that'd be a great I, story. I think it could be true because like, he's not yeah. in the scenes where they're together yeah, you know, in that way, and he's in the first movie, the two of them kiss after you know, uh, getting across the chasm. You know, they have a, like, yeah, a, that's you right, know, and they flying do their on, little they kiss. Have a little flying on the ropes, mooch. Yeah, and then, and then I think, don't they make out at some point before they find out they're brother and sister? Oh, yeah, yeah, they do, they, they yeah, they, they even make out. So Empire, like I think even right? George Lucas didn't know what was happening because I don't think he'd be like, yeah, let's have him make out and then find out later. <laughs> yeah, <don't> he's like, <laughs> it is sort of when you think of the original sins of something that our generation all grew up with, which was just baked in like sibling incest, like baked into <laughs> well, our childhood. Was like a little like, you know, you fucking kiss your sister or what? Like, I think it's so interesting that one of the largest franchises that almost all of us are exposed to and is essentially maybe second only to like, you know, like Judeo-Christian sort of philosophy in terms of things that you are go through. And that's that's uh, wrapped up in there. It's pretty. Yeah. Crazy. And, and I have a great new theory that Lawrence Kasdan and George Lucas probably decided when they were writing Empire Strikes Back that like, you know, hey, wouldn't it be interesting if, mm -hmm. but then, or maybe they thought of it earlier, but Kasdan's not, you know, credited as having anything to do with the original Star Wars. So I think when George Lucas brought him in, maybe they came up, yeah. cooked this up. But I'm thinking they knew the, 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 that entire movie that that was going to happen. And that's why uh, Luke is off with Yoda for the, most of the film. And so yeah. there aren't any scenes of Luke and Leah together because at this point, the audience is like wants to see that romance heat up and wants to see them yeah. get it on. You know, know. right? They saved, yes. you know, they saved the world by blowing up the Death Star, the universe, by blowing yeah. up the Death Star. And now they got their medals. What do you think they did that night? You know, of course, of course. <laughs> with fucking Chewbacca jerking off in the corner. Yeah, but instead, you know, Luke has to go fight some other battle immediately for some reason. Yes, <laughs> next thing you know, he's inside a Tauntaun. Like, what the fuck is going on? You should be just hanging out with Leia and enjoying uh, being the, you know, future. Yeah. What What is it when you marry a princess? Could he be? He can't. He would be become king prince. that way. He'd be. He'd be prince. He'd be a prince. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be a prince. He, I don't think a, there's a king of Alderaan, though. That's the interesting thing. I don't think there's a king of Alderaan. I don't think that Jimmy Smith's straight out of L.A. law, right on to Alderaan. <laughs> That's always my favorite thing is Jimmy Smits is one of those people who I'm like, dude, I can't see past you talking to Benny in the like supply closet. <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> There's certain people that Look at Jimmy know, Smits is really like, uh, you know, you're right. It's like uh, he's every movie or th other thing he's done. It's just like, yeah, OK, he's not a bad actor, but that could have been somebody else. Like I, I wouldn't miss oh, not yeah. having Jimmy Smith there, but I do like him. Think about Jimmy Smith having to do the Dexter <laughs> season right after, uh, what's his, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lithgow. Lithgow. Yeah. Like Lithgow, like, <laughs> you know, essentially Dexter ended. I have a weird sort of deep dive Showtime programming knowledge. <laughs> like, now you got Now you're merging with Paramount Plus, though. I am. I, I well, Dex. I mean, when I must, I must be the only person who watched the like one-off reboot season of Dexter. Uh, I didn't feel like there was a lot of chatter about it. There was I didn't no even chatter. Know that was a thing. Holy I shit. Uh, let me tell you, I am all. If it's bad and weird, I'm all in on it. Like I love Truth Be Told, which is uh, Octavia Spencer solving mysteries in Oakland. I am like, I and I've tried to mention it. To, nobody knows. Everyone's like, "What's that?" I'm like, "It's in its third season." <laughs> yeah, it just started its third season, and it's got uh, Gabrielle Union in it too. It's good. It's I mean, personally, but I guess I have this thing about television and film where I feel like there's these utility films 
that are not necessarily, you know, what makes a good film? Like there's good film or good television. We talk about quality and storytelling, but there's also this category of television and film of just, I, I feel an association with it. It's almost like an appendage or it's like a weird friend that you like for some reason. Like that's also good and memorable. Like is, is real genius in is real genius technically a great piece of cinema? No. Is it a fantastic movie? Yeah. So how do you, how do you reconcile really, you know, what's, I guess what's considered great and not, I think something that has legs is, is maybe even better than something that's, you know, the fucking yeah. English patient or whatever. The that's fuck wants the to idea. watch that? That's a great idea. The the legs awards where like, you know, yes. you, you honor things that are 10 years old or older. Yeah, I and, agree with that. And say that, you know, uh. you know, you give it you give it the held up award and uh, other such things. And uh, it's it's the legs, you know, because also the the award itself can be like the, you know, lamp leg and Christmas story, because that yes. really won't. That movie that won't movie go will the fuck away. Die. <laughs> yeah. Never die. Yeah. You know what? That really is. Do it. Doug, do it. You, <laughs> you already have it. the. No, I can't. I, I, you already have the built in movie thing. Go for it. <laughs> but you can host it and change your name. I will. I'll change my name to, to, to Tony Gams. <laughs> yeah. I need somebody who doesn't get high first to host it, you know, because there's going to be a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of material. Oh, um, well, you got to remember movies. <laughs> you got to remember movies from ten years ago. Are you kidding me? I can't even host. I remember I hosted a show. I took over like Gelman's show in uh, uh, Lower East Side at Rafifi, and I. And this is true. I hosted a variety. I hosted a variety show for seven years, and I don't think I ever got a stand-up's name either correct or remembered it. <laughs> and I would literally go, "And here they are," and I would just gesture them on and be like, "Say who you are," and I would walk off because I just. And it's not that I didn't know it. These are people I knew. Sometimes it was people I knew well, and and I would I would just get to that point and be like, I can't remember in this moment what the fuck their name is. And I would give up like poor Rob Cantrell. I think I called him Rob Campbell Campbell one time. <laughs> I know Rob. Like I know Rob. And Rob looked at me like, what? And so, but I remember I love Chelsea, that. Chelsea Peretti. I like went to introduce her and I couldn't remember. And I go, you'll love her. You'll, and she goes, what the fuck is wrong with you, Anthony? From <laughs> back and started screaming at me. <laughs> so now I'd be a terrible, ho I'd be a terrible host. I've done that thing where I'm trying. I, I forget the name as I'm bringing them to the stage. So I just keep saying things like the incredible, the amazing. I just keep adding <laughs> adjectives and like, where's that fucking name in my head? Please, God. <laughs> and then if I have it on a piece of paper, like, uh, you know, I would have it on paper and there's there would be no showmanship. Like it would go from like, and here's <laughs> Rob Cantrell. All right, let's welcome to the stage. <laughs> yeah, whip out the piece of paper, put on your reading glasses. Yeah. Adjust them. <laughs> And the reading glasses and are a bit wrong. <laughs> Let's talk about one thing very quickly, which is my, uh, you have reading glasses. I, I don't know if you have reading glasses or not. If you do, uh, I ref it's like, I can't accept it. And I keep going to my ophthalmologist every year and being like, there's something wrong. And she's like, yes, you're losing your vision. And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> what do we do about it? And she's like, nothing. You wear these glasses when you want to read. And I, it's like not acceptable to me that that's the only answer. And I thought at one point I built, okay, this is how crazy I am. I built a series of pegs. I put pegs like in a wood slat, right? And then I put um, uh, like little, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like fuzzy balls, like, you know, like a magic ball, but like smaller on each one. And I would set it down. And then I would every morning look at each one down the line, thinking that I could exercise my eyes back into. <laughs> <laughs> and I really legitimately like got high, thought this was a good idea, built it. And then did it for like two days and was like, I'm tired. It's not <laughs> fixing anything. <laughs> I just have eye strain. I just 
This is giving me a headache. Horrible eye strain. Then I did those drops uh, that just give you a massive headache. Um, so it really pisses me off. Like this part of, of the decay, I'm not, I'm like not a fan of, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's not great. I don't love it. But I do love, uh, you know, that I can get by with, at this point, I can get by with, um, you know, seeing things at a distance. Okay. It's yes. just, it's just reading and it's just, and it's mostly just up closer if there's not enough light reading, like I can still even get away with it in, yeah. in some scenarios. But just the fact that I don't have to really go the full prescription glasses route, which would, I would hate losing all the time. Yes. Uh, yeah, since I can't expensive. just get cheap readers, I can just get these dumb reader things. And yeah. I even have some magnifying glasses just sitting around in my home. So I just pick one of those up and get the job done real quick. I want to get uh, one of those big ones, the big ones that with the, the arm and you just, <laughs> you just put it on the desk, like crazy, like, you know, map reader glasses. I love on Amazon, too. They have like the asshole pack like on Amazon. You can like order the like 20 pack or 10 pack of readers. They're like, are you a fucking forgetful asshole who's going to lose these in like two days? Order a 10 pack so that you can just throw them, basically throw them away. Uh, whenever you want. And I, I have one more Anthony story. I realized that I should share with you because this is the whole premise of the show that I think you might appreciate. And it's sort of an L.A. story. OK, um, so I had a period where I was really nutty in L.A. I wrote for the Muppets and I uh, also had a very crazy sort of coke and uh, methamphetamine habit. And, uh, you know, and, and sp smoking speed was sort of uh, not like, you know, there was a lot of musicians doing it and like young people doing it at clubs. So it wasn't like, you know, smoking speed in like a corner of an alleyway. It was like, you know, you're like some pretty chick's apartment and everyone was like cooking it up and putting mint in there. And then in my mind, I was like, how bad is it? I smoke pot. And then, you know, within two days, I was like, wow, I've been up for two days. So I went through like, you know, a thing where I'm like writing for Muppet Babies online. I'm like speed, speeded out and going nuts. And about a year in, I crash and burn. And so I go to program, right, to like get my shit straight and not. Um, I've shared this before. This is, this is not some like deep reveal. Um, but so I go to program. And so I start going to meetings and I'm going to all these different meetings. And I don't think it's a. It's not hidden that this guy is is clean, so I don't think I'm outing anybody here. Um, so uh, I go to this Melrose meeting, and it's the first time I've ever gone to this meeting on Melrose. So you know the whole thing with AA and A meetings is you go, and if you're you know especially early on, my dad's sober thirty five years, so I know like a lot about this meetings and shit. So you know you get your chip, you do service, and you know generally if it's a new meeting. You know, after the first meeting, you go, you know, I'll help set the coffee up or I'll help sweep or whatever. So I go to this new meeting on Melrose and uh, and I will admit that I used to pick meetings based on neighborhood and on who I might meet. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I held Gregory Peck's hand at the Beverly Hills meeting like that was like the most amazing moment of my life, you know, like holding his <laughs> hand and doing the serenity prayer and waiting for him to like, look at me and be like scout. Um, so I, uh, I go to this Melrose meeting and at very early on in the meeting, they, they're thanking people. Right. And they go, well, we want to thank Anthony. And this is what a narcissist fucking weirdo. Oh I was, God. they go, I want to thank Anthony for, you know, being here and doing this service and, and you know, stand up Anthony. Right. And so I stand up, <laughs> I stand up <laughs> and I'm like, kind of gesture like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And if this other guy with really long hair stands up and kind of looks at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I sit down. So we go to the break and go outside to have a cigarette and I see the guy. Right. I go, hey, man, I go, I'm just a couple of months clean and I don't know why I thought they were calling me out. I go, but you're the other Anthony in the room. Obviously, you know, And he goes, oh, yeah, he goes, don't worry about it, whatever. And I go, oh, what do you do? You know, he goes, oh, you know, I, I play in a band and stuff. I go, oh, really? I go, oh, I'd like to come check you out. Where do you, where do you play? What's the name of your band? He goes, the Red Hot hard Chili. to pronounce if you don't the know it. Too. The Red <laughs> oh, Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I got red and I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> now I like I like doubled back into being embarrassed. Like I got out of being embarrassed. It was cool. <laughs> and then like didn't know <laughs> it was Anthony Kiedis. That, that's a, how you pronounce it, right? Yeah, and, I think so. Yeah, Kiedis. And um, yeah, so that's yeah. that's my other Anthony story. That was a great one because um, I was just, you know, the long hair started to pitch it in a certain direction. But prior to that, the amount, the different Anthony's that were coming to mind that this could be uh, and also trying to think of one who's but it, that's really came together for me that he's very open about being clean and sober. Yep. And uh, one time, um, not unlike a, the, the whole uh AA meeting thing in uh, Los Angeles. Also, if you do stand up in Los Angeles, there's just random celebrities in the crowd sometimes that just like get a just decide to go for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're they're people too. So <laughs> so one time I go to I do a, a Monday night at Largo and they had like a Monday night show and it was over on Fairfax and um, uh, I, I'm uh, go out walk out on stage or I probably knew before I went out on stage what was go what was going down but just the front table the table that's like already too close to you like in a you know cabaret setting where you just you know you, you don't want to spit in their food or whatever yeah, uh, yeah at at that front table Rick Rubin Gina Gershon Owen Wilson and Anthony Kiedis what oh my god and those <laughs> that's all I'm doing my entire set is Gina Gershon and Anthony Kiedis <laughs> <laughs> Owen Wilson, Rick Rubin. They're even like kind of different from they're kind of famous from different, you know, perspectives. And like it's just like a celebrity, a crazy ass celebrity table. Yes. And the only one smiling at all the entire time I was on is Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Who then uh, proceeded to try to take his own life. Um but <laughs> Wait, my weirdest one was um Oh fuck! I can't believe I'm forgetting her name. Uh, oh, tell it. Give us some hints. But what's famous what uh, feminist? She was a model. I remember oh. her name. Uh, she was a model. Um, she's you know known. She she is the editor of a magazine, and Gloria she's got Steinem. Be, yeah, Gloria Steinem. Okay, Gloria Steinem was the monologist of an ass cat. And for some reason, <laughs> we just got on like we were just shooting the shit about our therapists and all this stuff. And, you know, I was performing in the show, whatever. So the show ends. The first show ends. You know, she's supposed to go. And we, you know, then there's like another monologist for the 930. And we were talking and talking. And she goes, I'm going to stay, Anthony. I just want to see and just watch it from the audience and just see. And I went, oh, OK. <laughs> so there I'm doing a scene. And I remember I did something that was, I guess, marginally well received. And I like looked out in the audience and it was like seeing your mom in the audience, like being like happy <laughs> for you. And I felt so weird about all of it. Also, because the weirdest part was I truly was sort of flirting with her, which I know is terrible. You know, the worst thing, a feminist icon who is 80. And I was like, oh, man, like I kind of falling in love with you over the course of like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the only time I ever met her. Was that, but you know, I've, you've been to ass cats. It's like fast friendships for like two hours and then you're out, you know? And that right. Was and just the wildest, uh, yeah, just how it really is like when you, when they put the monologist on the spot where they just have to like talk about themselves, the things they'll say. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's wild. I've seen some really, really good ones <laughs> and really uh, yeah i know what you mean by really good ones like people who you're like also like wow you're like an icon to me and then they tell a story and you're like oh no what are you doing why are you talking about this stuff <laughs> yeah like that kind of thing but also just stuff that's just like you know yeah. refreshingly revealing uh, about oh, yeah. stuff you know which you have yes. been today we, we've run out of time Oh yeah, I hope this was fun. I, That's I don't how know great how boring it's been. We've run out of time. Will, <laughs> will you come back soon? Because we didn't even get to our uh, most of our questions. Oh no, yeah. I know. I'm such a talker. I'm sorry. I'll no, come back great. any. The, I will come back anytime. Okay. Yeah. We'll see you I, I, next Tuesday at, at five o'clock Eastern. You know what? I would. It would be fine. <laughs> okay, you, you lock it in. We're gonna okay. have the two parter. Okay. We'll have you back next week because this is crazy. How we didn't get to anything. Um, yeah. I had a lot yeah. of fun. Thanks for having me. All right. You have anything specific you'd like to plug right now? Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, 
I really want people to watch my live stream on Twitch, which is uh, Coffee with Tony. It's 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so it's 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, it's Monday through Friday on twitch.tv slash coffee with Tony. And believe it or not, we actually get like pretty major guests. Uh, no one watches it. Uh, really have like the same <laughs> 60 people who watch it every week. So we're sort of a tight knit club. And, uh, you know, I talk politics or whatever and, and, and also just show weird videos and shit. So it's a lot of fun. So come check it out. I love it. Doug yeah. Mallard. Yeah, I'll be opening for my buddy Dan Cummins in San Antonio, February 24th at the Empire Theater and the 25th at the Majestic Theater in Dallas. Come on, check it out. Wow. What about you, buddy? Those are going to be fun. I uh, got a big, uh, you know, Douglas movies coming up this Sunday at Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles at 420. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to be a super fun one, but. They're always pretty good. Douglasmovies.com. See if it's going to come to your town. I'm coming to Seattle this summer, uh, Chicago. You know, I keep adding more stuff, getting out there uh, more and more. But uh, Anthony Adamanic, we want to have you back uh, <laughs> next on the very next show. These come, we do we do weekly for three weeks out of each month, the first three weeks. So uh, yeah. this episode will come out tonight. And then we'll uh, we'll make another one next Thursday. Nice, uh, yeah, no bit. I'm I'll be here next week. So I don't like to oh, wait yeah. for people. I don't want to wait for people to clamor for something. I feel like just you don't worry about having to clamor. Yeah, uh, we're, no just, gonna, around we're just gonna do it. We're just gonna make the plan right now. And uh, the end of every episode, we give the show a title that's uh, sort of a pun. And I okay. say as always, and then I say it. So thank you for being here. And as always. Uh, Doug and Tony show. <laughs> Got it. <laughs>